Hello. Welcome to the legends of King Arthur and his knights. Chapter 17. Let Sleeping Knights Lie. It was a joyous and confident order of the round table. After the defeat of Rome, it was clear the knights were the best in the world. Without any foreign enemies to fight, it was time for the knights to seek adventure. Being knights, they didn't find this difficult. As Arthur had decreed, each year at the Feast of Pentecost, the knights would gather at court and hear stories of adventure. The year after the conquest of Rome, it was the turn of Sir Lancelot of the Lake. He packed his bags, called for Sir Lionel to accompany him, and rode out in search of knightly fun. It seems that the great knight had exhausted himself before leaving, because he hadn't been riding long when he decided to have a nap. It was lunchtime, and the weather was beautiful. Lancelot settled down under an apple tree and nodded off. Lionel, keen to get going, wandered round impatiently while his cousin slumbered. As he was wandering, three knights galloped past him, pursued by a single knight. Lancelot watched as the lone knight knocked the other three, one by one, from their mounts. He then trussed them up and tied them, unconscious, to their horses. Lionel, taking care not to wake Lancelot, rode after the knight and shouted to him to turn around. Here was some fun adventure at last. His fun, though, didn't last very long. The knight turned round and whacked Lionel so hard that he fell off his horse. A few seconds later, Lionel was bound to his own horse, being led away with the others. The knight took his four prisoners back to his castle, where he beat them with a thorny stick and chucked them into a deep dungeon. Many other knights were already there. Poor Sir Lionel wondered if he really wanted adventure at all. Back in Camelot, Sir Hector was furious that Lancelot had ridden out without him. His full name was Sir Hector de Maris, and he was Lancelot's half-brother, son of King Ban. Sir Hector wanted to be at the centre of the action. He wasn't sure exactly where his brother and cousin had gone, but off he went anyway. Before long, he came to a forest where he met a woodsman. The woodsman told him to go to a large tree where he would see a terrible sight. Sir Hector did exactly this, and was horrified by what was there. Hanging near the tree were a large number of shields. Hector recognised many of them as belonging to knights of the round table. Most horrifying of all... One of them was that of Sir Lionel. Sir Hector de Maris stood up and wondered what to do. He didn't wonder for too long. A large, strong-looking knight approached him. A minute or two later, Sir Hector was tied to his own horse. Not long after that, he got the thorny stick treatment and found himself in a dungeon. Pleased as he was to see Lionel, he wasn't happy about the circumstances. He was relieved to see that Lancelot wasn't there. Surely he would come to the rescue. Lancelot was enjoying his nap. He was so deeply asleep that he didn't notice four ladies approach. They were all queens of various lands. One of them we already know well. One of them was Morgan le Fay. The four ladies gazed at Sir Lancelot and all fell in love with him. They argued about who should have him until Morgan had had enough. She put a spell on the knight, ensuring that he would sleep even longer. They dragged Lancelot back to a nearby castle and put him in a room until he woke up. In the morning, the four queens stood before him. Morgan spoke. We all know that you love Queen Guinevere, but you can never have her. You must choose one of us. If you don't, then you must die. Not a chance, said Lancelot. I will risk it, thank you. They went away, but at noon a young woman arrived with Lancelot's lunch. She was employed by the four queens to deliver the food, but fortunately she had another motive. Sir Knight, I know that you are Lancelot of the Lake. I will free you if you do me a good deed. 
My father, King Bagdemagus, is due to fight in a tournament against the King of North Galis. Help him, and you can have your freedom. King Bagdemagus was well known to Lancelot, and he readily agreed. Before long, he was released from the room, and he hurriedly rode away. He arrived at an abbey, where he was met by the king. The two men embraced happily, and Lancelot promised to stick to his side of the bargain. He would fight with the king's men against the king of North Galis. He also told the king that he had originally been accompanied on his adventures by his cousin Lionel, but he had no idea now where he was. After the tournament, he would go in search of the young man. Rather predictably, Sir Lancelot and King Bagdemagus were victorious at the tournament. Lancelot promised the knight and his daughter that he'd be at their service whenever they needed him. Then he charged off up the road. Not long later, Sir Lancelot of the Lake saw a young woman walking along the highway. She asked him his name. It seems that all the secrecy about his name no longer applied, as he told her straight away. Ah, said the lady, everyone has heard of you. If you're looking for adventure, then you're in the right place. Lancelot was keen on finding Lionel, so he wasn't sure about starting another adventure. Pretty soon, though, he became a lot more keen. Nearby lives a knight, the young woman continued. He is the strongest and best knight I know. He has never been matched by another knight, and I don't think any knight could take him on. In his prison he has thirty-four knights of King Arthur's court. His name is Sir Turquine. I know will you will want to defeat him and free your friends. I will take you there so that you can take him on. If you succeed, then you must do something for me. The lady led Sir Lancelot to the tree where the shields hung. He saw Sir Lionel's and Sir Hector's. He rode quickly towards the nearby manor house where Sir Turquine lived. As he rode up to the gates, he heard the sound of horses. Looking up, he saw a magnificent knight riding towards him. Behind the mounted knight was another horse, and tied to the horse was a knight. Sir Turquine was bringing his 35th prisoner back to the dungeon, and the prisoner was Sir Gaheris of Orkney. "'Leave that knight here. It's time to meet your match.' said Lancelot firmly. Sir Turquine met his match, but so did Sir Lancelot. They hurtled towards each other like two wild bulls. They speared each other with their lances and smashed each other with their swords. They fought for more than two hours. Sir Turquine wounded Sir Lancelot over and over again, and the ground beneath the two warriors was speckled with a thousand drops of blood. Eventually, Sir Turquine staggered backwards feeling faint, he had lost as much blood as his opponent, and was finally weakened. Lancelot, always one who seized his chance, seized his chance. He grabbed the top of Sir Turquine's helmet and bent his head forward. He then pulled the helmet off and sliced off Sir Turquine's head. Lancelot unwrapped Sir Gaheris. The middle Orkney boy looked a bit embarrassed about having to be rescued, and then he thanked Lancelot profusely. Lancelot just laughed and told him not to worry about it, he then commanded Gaheris to go to the dungeon and release all of the remaining prisoner knights. "'Greet my fellow knights for me,' said Lancelot. "'Especially greet my brother Sir Hector de Maris and my cousin Sir Lionel. I will see you at the Feast of Pentecost.' Lancelot mounted a horse and rode off. "'I will,' replied Gaheris, as he watched Lancelot disappear into the distance, accompanied by the young woman. Sir Gaheris walked into the manor house and found a porter jangling a large and impressive-looking bunch of keys. Gaheris, wanting at least a little bit of the glory for himself, punched the porter in the face and snatched the keys. He then found and opened the prison door. 
34 knights, including Sir Kay, Sir Marhouse, Sir Lionel and Sir Hector de Maris, streamed out of the jail, rubbing their eyes in the sunlight. They all began to heap praise on the young knight and thank him for releasing them. Gaheris, though, was too honourable to take the credit. It wasn't me. It was Sir Lancelot of the Lake who slew Turquine. It was he who saved you. Sir Gaheris and 31 of the 34 prisoners rode back to Camelot. Sir Lionel, Sir Hector de Maris and Sir Kay rode off to find Lancelot. Lancelot was with the young woman. It was time to repay her for telling him about Sir Turquine. She led him along the highway, where they would meet a bad knight who robbed passing ladies. She rode on ahead, and sure enough, a knight came out of the wood and pulled her from her horse. This was too much for Sir Lancelot, of course. With a yell of rage, he ordered the knight to stop. The knight took no notice and drew his sword. Lancelot chucked away his spear and drew his own sword. It only took one swing to end the robber knight's life. He wasn't going to be attacking any more ladies without his head. Lancelot inquired of the lady if she needed him any further. She replied that she didn't, and he rode on. After travelling for a long time, Sir Lancelot arrived at a castle. He made a bit of a mistake by killing the porter, who he thought was trying to prevent him from crossing the bridge. The people of the castle soon forgave him after he killed two giants who had been tormenting them for years. He asked the people he freed the name of the castle. Why, this is the castle of Egrain, mother of King Arthur. Lancelot smiled to himself, pleased that he'd been of service to his king. Sir Lancelot of the Lake slowly rode back towards Camelot. He rested at various lodging houses along the way. While he was sleeping in one of them, there was a knock at the door. A knight was hammering against the wood while being brutally attacked by three others. Lancelot dived out of his room, sword drawn, and shouted to the knights to fight with him. The beleaguered knight stood aside, and Lancelot attacked. It was all over in six sword strokes. The three knights begged for mercy and asked to yield to him. Lancelot allowed them to yield, but not to him. He told them they must yield to the knight they had been attacking. That knight happened to be Sir Kay, King Arthur's seneschal. The knights were very unhappy about yielding to Kay, but Lancelot told them it was that or death. The knights yielded to Sir Kay. Lancelot told them they must go to the court of King Arthur and present themselves to the Queen. They were to tell her that Sir Kay had sent them to be her prisoners. The knights did as they were told. They had no doubt that Lancelot would find them and kill them if they didn't. Lancelot and Kay rested for the night at the guest house. In the morning, Lancelot rose early. He dressed himself in Kay's armour and took Kay's shield. He left his own armour and shield for Kay to wear. Kay wondered what was going on when he woke up. He soon realised when he rode home. Nobody attacked him. Nobody got in his way. Everyone he passed thought that he was Sir Lancelot of the Lake, and everyone knew that Sir Lancelot was as hard as they come. Sir Kay had the most peaceful journey of his life. Lancelot had no such luck. Sir Kay was not known to be among the best of King Arthur's knights and was seen to be fair game. Lancelot, dressed in Kay's armour, soon find this out. He was attacked by three brother knights, Sir Gotha, Sir Gilmir and Sir Arnold. Lancelot, of course, defeated them and sent them back to King Arthur's court, telling them they must yield to Queen Guinevere and that Sir Kay had sent them. The brothers protested that he was clearly not Sir Kay, but Lancelot stuck to his guns. The brothers did as they were told. Next, Lancelot met four knights of the Round Table. His brother Sir Hector, Sir Gawain, Sir Sagramore and Sir Uwain 
spotted him in Kay's armour, but knew it wasn't Kay. They assumed the knight had killed Sir Kay, so they challenged him to a joust. First Sir Sagramore, then Sir Hector, and then Sir Uwain took them on. All were knocked from their horses. Finally Sir Gawain jousted with the knight dressed in Kay's armour. Even he was knocked from his horse. The knight rode off. Gawain got up and brushed himself off. Unless I'm very much mistaken, he declared, that was Sir Lancelot of the Lake. I doubt very much that he has killed Sir Kay. The others nodded in agreement. They remounted and rode on. Lancelot rode through a forest. This time he didn't find a comfortable spot for a nap. Instead, he spotted a hunting dog which was running towards a large house. Lancelot followed it into the house and then into a large hall. On the floor of the hall was a dead knight. Weeping over the knight was a lady. Through her tears, she told Sir Lancelot the knight was called Sir Gilbert. He had been killed by another knight. He had put up a good fight and the other knight was badly wounded. Not only that, his wounds would never heal. The lady didn't ask him for any help, so Lancelot found a good excuse and left. Back in the forest, he stumbled on yet another weeping lady. This one told him that her brother had fought with a knight called Sir Gilbert. He was badly wounded and his injuries would never heal naturally, as he had been cursed by an evil sorceress. Lancelot put two and two together. He inquired as to the name of the eternally wounded knight. He is called Sir Meliot de Logres, sobbed the lady. I have found out that his wounds can be magically healed. If a brave knight were to go to the Chapel Perilous and find a sword and bloody cloth and bring them to him, these items can heal him. The sword belonged to Sir Gilbert. Lancelot readily agreed to the quest. Sir Meliot was a knight of the Round Table. Excitedly, he rode off towards the Chapel Perilous. If Sir Lancelot thought fetching a sword and a piece of blood-soaked cloth was going to be a walk in the park, then he was very much mistaken. Waiting for him outside the chapel were thirty very menacing-looking knights. Lancelot decided that his best chance of getting inside the church was to charge straight through them without trying to take any of them on directly. He drew his sword and ran. He sprinted towards them, whirling his sword. When he reached the knights, they attacked, but they scattered as Lancelot's blade cut a bloody path through them. Covered in blood, much of it his own, Lancelot stumbled into the chapel. In the chapel was a dead man, covered by a bloody silk shroud. Next to him lay a sword. Lancelot picked up the sword, cut a piece of particularly blood-soaked cloth from the shroud, and made his way towards the door. When he emerged from the chapel, the thirty knights were waiting for him. One of them spoke grimly. Sir Lancelot of the Lake, lay down that sword, or you will die. Whether I die or not, replied Lancelot, I will not lay down the sword. You will have to fight me for it. With that, he turned and ran. Whether the knights were just bluffing, or simply startled, they did nothing to stop him. Lancelot jumped on his horse and galloped off to find the sister of Sir Meliot. She took him to the castle where her sorely wounded brother lay. Lancelot was shocked when he saw him. Sir Meliot was not in a good way. He was bleeding badly and was a terrible grey colour. He didn't look as if he would last much longer. When he turned his head and saw Sir Lancelot, he tried to cry out, but all that emerged was a feeble whimper. Oh, Sir Lancelot, please help me. Lancelot touched the sick knight's wounds with Sir Gilbert's sword. Then he wiped the wounds with the blood-soaked silk. Miraculously, the wounds healed instantly. Sir Meliot regained his strength and leapt up. 
Sir Lancelot told him to go quickly to the court of King Arthur, as it would soon be the Feast of Pentecost. Lancelot rode off. It was nearly time for him to make his way back to court, so he could tell everyone about his adventures. His journey was not without incident, and he was to face one more challenge before he could return. After having ridden through many lands, Sir Lancelot saw a falcon fly over his head. It swooped down and perched in the branches of a high elm tree. When it tried to fly off, though, it seemed it was stuck. Lancelot felt a bit sorry for the bird, but thought nothing of it and rode on. He was stopped by a lady who had emerged from a nearby castle. "'Oh, Lancelot, Lancelot!' wailed the lady. "'Please give help to get my falcon. "'If I don't return with it, my husband will kill me. "'He is a terrible, vengeful man. "'His name is Sir Philot, from the court of the King of North Galis, "'and he will not let me live if I lose the bird.' "'Lancelot thought that killing a woman for the sake of a falcon "'was going a bit far, and he readily agreed to help. "'He tied his horse to the tree and took off his armour so that he could climb it. Being an agile man, Lancelot reached the falcon easily, and released it and returned it to its owner. Thinking this was a job well done, he was about to climb down when he saw a fully armoured knight approaching. It was Sir Philot. Lancelot had been tricked. "'Ha-ha!' exclaimed Philot. "'I have found you, Lancelot of the Lake!' He drew his sword and stood at the bottom of the tree, waiting to cut Lancelot to pieces. Lancelot indignantly asked the lady what on earth was going on. She didn't answer, but Sir Philot did. She has done as I commanded, he said. The hour of your death has come. This is not a fair and honourable fight, said Lancelot. You are fully armed and have your armour on. At least you must pass me my sword and let me have a chance. No, no sword for you, replied Sir Philot triumphantly. Thinking fast... Lancelot wrenched a small branch from the tree. Hanging from the tree, he parried Philot's first blow with the branch. Then he lifted it high and brought it down on the side of Sir Philot's head. The blow knocked him unconscious. Lancelot leapt from the tree and grabbed Sir Philot's sword. Deciding he wasn't under any obligation to stand on ceremony, he sliced off his attacker's head. The lady seemed to be surprised that Lancelot had killed her husband but Lancelot told her, in no uncertain terms, that it was fair enough under the circumstances. Two days before the Feast of Pentecost, Sir Lancelot arrived at the court of King Arthur. All of the knights that Sir Turquine had imprisoned were there, and Sir Gaheris told the story of their rescue by Lancelot. Sir Kay told how he had been saved from the three knights by Lancelot, and how he had ridden home in peace, wearing the great man's armour. The three knights who had been forced to yield to Sir Kay turned up and told their story. They were followed by the three brother knights who had yielded to Lancelot when he was dressed in Kay's armour. Sir Kay, suddenly finding that he had an honourable gene after all, admitted that it was Lancelot who had beaten them, and not him. Sir Gawain smiled happily. He now knew for certain that it was his friend who had defeated Sir Sagramore, Sir Hector de Maris, Sir Uwain, and himself. He, and all the rest of the members of King Arthur's court, were sure that in their presence was the greatest knight in the world. It was just a shame that he was a little bit too fond of Queen Guinevere. I am always happy to receive feedback or questions about the podcast. If you would like to contact me, then friend me on Facebook at Paul Vincent Myth and History, or send me an email to mythandhistory at gmail.com. You can also visit the website www.mythandhistory.podbean.com. If you do have the chance to leave me a favourable review on iTunes, I would be very grateful.
Next week, we'll meet for the first time another of the greatest knights of Arthurian legend. Until then, have a great week, and I'll speak to you next time.